there. Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast, episode 92. I'm your host and business coach, Robin Walker. So today we are going to talk about sponsorships for your small business. We all get approached, and I'm going to use the air quotes, for opportunities in our community or online, or maybe sponsorship comes up and it just seems like the golden ticket to visibility. But it's hard sometimes to know what is a good use for your hard-earned business profits. Is this sponsorship worth it for you? And are you going to get any ROI out of it? As a lot of you know, I've been hosting a conference for small business owners for eight years, and a good part of our budget comes from our sponsor partners. I'm in a unique position as a business coach and event planner for this event, so I know the importance of our partners getting ROI. I've researched and listened to feedback in order to uplevel our sponsorship offerings each year to better fit our partners. I've also consulted with my entrepreneur clients on if a sponsor opportunity is a good fit for them, and if it is, what could they do to make the most of it? Today, I'm going to share with you what I have learned over the years. We are going to touch on five questions to ask yourself to make the most of an event partnership. You can also get these questions as a free PDF download so that you can fill them out anytime an opportunity arises when you join our podcast club email list at womensbusinessworkshop.com slash WBW podcast. Now, if you are someone that hosts events for your business or you run them for your organization and you're looking for some support with setting up these strategic packages, that's something that we can do in a one-on-one coaching call. You can set up a discovery call at the link in the show notes. Okay, grab your notebook and let's get to work. I'm going to start with a disclaimer that what I'm going to be talking about today as far as sponsorships are a sponsorship that you are doing with the expectation of getting ROI, which could be new clients, discovery calls, more followers, etc. Not a sponsorship you're going to do as a kind gesture for an organization that maybe you're passionate about, that you just want to support, but you're not really expecting to get anything out of. So keep that in mind as we go through, because to me, those are two different sponsorships. The number one question to start us out, is your target market in the audience of the event that you want to sponsor? Or maybe it's a digital sponsorship. Are the people that are going to be seeing it your target market? I have heard people say before, even if there's just one person in the audience that's my ideal client, it's worth it. And as you get further into business, you realize that no, it is not, not usually. If this is an event sponsorship you are doing just for ROI, you need to have a majority of the people in the audience be your primary target market. Why waste your time and money on the chance that there's a small sliver that's going to see you? We want this to be an optimized opportunity. The second part about the audience. So it's great if it's your target market that's going to be at this event or that is going to be seeing you on whatever it is that you're sponsoring. But I want you to ask yourself a second question about audience. Why is the audience there and what headspace are they in at this event? So for example, if it is your target market and they're at a sporting tournament, they're there to watch their kid play. They're hoping their kid does well. 
they're in that headspace of a parent. That would be a great opportunity for someone that is a consultant for college sports recruitment, something along those lines. That might be a good match because the people in the audience, if they are that person's target market, are in the headspace of thinking, what is next? It's an aligned experience for the audience aligning through to that type of sponsor. So that would probably be a good fit. Now that same sponsorship, picture a life coach for women in transition. You may find some of your audience in there. Maybe they're going to be empty nesters soon and that's the transition. But the women who are there are not in the mindset to be looking for a life coach. A different opportunity that might be a better fit for that is maybe a women's retreat, a leadership event, or a space where they're learning something that they are going to need someone to help them with the next step. And that's where the life coaching comes in. Hopefully that makes sense. We're just looking for our ideal client in a space where they're open to seeing us, getting to know us, and it's just an aligned experience. Now, some event promoters are going to have all the information for you when you ask about who is at this event. They will be able to tell you the type of people that have come historically to their event. If it's the very first year for an event, I might suggest going to the event this year, seeing what it's like, who's in the audience, how are they showing off their sponsors. That might be a better fit for the first year to see what's happening if you're unsure. A seasoned event planner is going to be able to give you information on who is in the audience. We always provide that information to our potential sponsors. We have a place that we can send them that has the percentages of our audience that are service-based businesses or product-based businesses, geographically where they're from, because that helps them get a better understanding if this is a good fit for them. And honestly, We want our sponsors to be products or services that would be a resource to our audience. So we want to find a good fit, not only for the sponsor's benefit, but also for our audience. Another bit of research you can do is looking at the event's social media and looking at years past and how were they showing off their sponsors? Were sponsors getting posts? Was it one graphic with 20 tiny little logos on it? Did they tag them? mention them other ways, maybe show pictures after the event. So see what kind of interaction they're having with their sponsors on social from events in the past. At times, there may be an event that they can't really give you much information, but you really feel it's a great fit. Sometimes you just have to try it for a year and be really intentional about tracking your data and what kind of leads or outcome you get from the event. All right, question number two, what is your goal for the sponsorship? If you just said visibility, I'm going to challenge you to get more specific. When I work with people, that is almost always what their answer is, is that they want more exposure, they want more visibility. And that may be true, but my challenge is that you get really specific about a goal that you want for this event. Visibility is just too vague. You can't measure that to see if this was worth dollar for dollar, worth the sponsorship. Some examples might be you want to be introduced to a new audience and educate them on what you do. 
You want to connect with a warm audience. Maybe it's your second year of sponsoring and move people into an email list. Maybe you want to connect personally with audience members and book discovery calls. Maybe you want to increase your followers on a specific Instagram account after the event. Whatever your goal is, you need to make sure that this sponsorship and the features of this sponsorship are going to be able to deliver on that outcome. Now, the sponsorship alone is not going to deliver. It's going to be a combination of you and your actions pre, during, and post-event, plus what the event or organization is also adding and the benefits that they're providing with the sponsorship. You can't sign up for a sponsorship and expect it to magically bring you a ton of customers. That's not going to happen. Let's take that Instagram goal and use that as an example. You want to increase your followers on Instagram. What is their sponsorship offering you that is going to help make that happen? Are they offering to share a link with their audience, whether that's clicking through a graphic or maybe they're going to do a social media post for you on Instagram and they're going to tag you? If it's just going to be printed on a swag bag or a cup koozie, you're not going to get more Instagram followers. Maybe you can have a QR code somewhere on a donation or an incentive somehow for people to connect with you there. Maybe they will let you provide one link and instead of doing your homepage, which frankly everyone does and is not very strategic, maybe the link you give them is just to your Instagram account because that is your primary way of attracting clients. That's where you're putting your energy and that's where you want people to go. So you might say, well, not everyone's on Instagram. Perfect. The people who aren't in, on Instagram, that's not who you're trying to target, so that's okay. The people that are on Instagram that you want to follow you, then that is going to weed out the people you don't want to work with. It will filter down to the people that are on Instagram, and they will be the ones that click through and start following you. So it's okay to have whatever your call to action is not be for everyone. That's okay. You're trying to attract the right people. So let's say your goal is to connect personally with the audience, which I think to me that is one of the best ways to make the most of a, out of a sponsorship is to be there. So all of our sponsorships for the Lakeside Conference include a complimentary ticket because I think it is so important for the sponsor themselves or someone from their organization to be at the event, meeting people, increasing the know, like, and trust with their brand because they are there, they're smiling, they're meeting people. Oh, hey, that pen in your hand, that's my company. It's making the connection between the sponsorship and the logo and a human being. So I think that has some of the best ROI is if you can be at the event as well as sponsoring it. If your goal is to meet people personally and then hopefully find the right people that you could have a discovery call with, you need to be in the room. And then you need to have maybe a business card that has a specific QR code or link to a discovery call, and that's the call to action on the card you're handing out. You see what I mean? You pick your goal, and that is what is driving your strategy throughout your activity for the sponsorship. So number two was to make sure that your goal for your sponsorship that's very specific is actually possible through this event sponsorship that you're considering. 
So here's a word of caution. It seems logical to ask someone else who sponsored the event before if they got anything out of it or what their ROI was, but I'm going to caution you there. There's nothing wrong with asking them about the event, what they noticed, how well run was it, how organized, what access to the participants did you get, were things that were promised delivered, all of that, yes, yes, yes. Ask people those things, but do not rely on their outcome as equivalent to what you will get as an outcome. They may not listen to this podcast. They may not have a business coach. They may have just paid for the sponsorship and done nothing. And so then they're not going to have the same ROI as you are, smart business person, who is going to be having a strategy, being intentional, setting goals with their sponsorship. So don't rely on their outcome as what you are going to have as an outcome because it isn't necessarily going to be the same thing. They may not even have the same ideal client. So that being said, just proceed with caution if you do ask other people's opinion. Moving on to question number three. So this is beyond visibility. This is the bridge. How are you connecting with the audience and moving them to the next place to connect? We are trying to get the members of the audience to a second location. We're trying to get them to connect with us in some way, shape, or form outside of the confines of the event or sponsorship. You don't just want them to see your logo and that's it. You want them to have a bridge, an easy way for them to get to the next place that they can learn more about you and get to know what you offer. So the bridge that we're trying to set up is just a really easy way that an audience member can choose to connect with you somehow. That might be signing up for your email list. It might be following you on socials. It might be going to a specific landing page and taking an action. might be signing up for an event. The goal is that they choose, focusing on the word they are choosing, to connect with you outside of the event or outside of the organization. They are going to take some kind of action to choose to connect with you further. We want to make that easy and we want to make it aligned and intentional with the audience member, what they're thinking about, what headspace they're in at this event, and what you have to offer. So that's the bridge. And a lot of people miss that when they have a sponsorship. They put all the time and energy into this beautiful basket or just the right logo or whatever it is. And there's no way for the people to really follow up and you're just hoping that they see your brand, hoping they see your logo and go on to Google and search you and find you and then somehow connect with you. That's too much work nowadays unless you are a perfect, perfect, perfect fit. People aren't going to do that. So we want to build a bridge that's a really easy way. I worked with a client on a strategy and a coaching session and what we did is we looked at a sponsorship she did the year before what she had set up, and what did not go well and why it might not have been a fit. So I'm just going to give an example of something that I find does not work very often, and that is having some kind of giveaway if you give your email address. Yes, you are going to achieve the goal of getting emails on your list, but 
half of the people aren't even interested in what you're offering or they don't even know what you were offering. They were just signing up for a bunch of things that were free. You want to make sure the thing they are signing up for is something of of good value for sure, but it only is wanted really by your ideal clients. It's not something that just every person at the event is necessarily going to want. It's something of great value, of course, where they're not going to give you their email address because that is a form of currency in a way. Something that will move them along the client journey towards knowing that they need to work with you or want to work with you. Probably should do an example of that (laughs) to explain what I'm saying. I see a lot of people donate like a gift basket or I don't know if you ever go to events where there's a raffle or a silent auction and there's all these gorgeous baskets or really cool things that you can win. But I can tell you, more often than not, I have no idea who the company is that donated the basket. I have no idea. I just see a gorgeous basket with cool stuff in it. I'm not really even sure who donated it. So for example, like a basket of alcohol or coffee products, you don't really know who donated them necessarily. And more often than not, it's not a coffee company. It's not an alcohol company. It's just someone that thinks, oh, alcohol baskets will go for a lot of money. That's great if you're just trying to support an organization. If you want ROI, you're going to have to get more strategic than that. You want a branded donation or an opportunity to try you out for free that is a fit for your company so that when they see the basket in their head, they're thinking, do I know this company? What does this company do? Do I need this company? You're wanting them to be processing if you are a fit for them or if they need what you offer. Let's do an example of a life coach that might be donating a basket for a women's retreat. Maybe it's a beginning of the year women's retreat all about starting off the year on the right foot. Perfect fit for a life coach that works with women that are trying to better themselves. So a possible basket or donation that this life coach can do would be maybe a free session because then they're going to be able to actually work with you. And for most coaches, that's a significant cost. But I would suggest having it as a big coupon or a certificate probably is the better choice than a coupon because you want it to look high value. So a certificate that is visible, that takes up a good chunk of the basket. And then maybe also in there is a goal-setting notebook or post-its, an encouraging magnet. Better yet, if the goal-setting notebook and the post-its have your logo or something you always say on them, something branded, so that when you look at the basket, you know who it's from, you know the value, you know what type of person wants this basket. But the other mistake I see when people do donations, they're just marketing to the person who's receiving the basket, taking it home, opening it up, and looking at what's inside. That's doing the entire sponsorship for one person, which doesn't really make sense. So what I'd love to see that life coach do is on the table in front of her basket, she would have a postcard. And maybe on that postcard that you can take with you, there's five tips for preventing the winter blues because this event's happening at the beginning of January. 
Maybe there's a QR code to see a video of you doing a mini workshop on how to prevent the winter blues or to achieve some goal. Maybe there's a discovery call, a free 30-minute chat that they have a QR code that they can click through and set up a really quick, easy chat. Something of value for all the people walking by because you want to capture that. But all of those things would show the life coach's expertise and also personality. You watch a video of her when you're at home, you're going to get to know her or get a feel for her to see if she would be a good fit for you or if you like what she's saying. You want to make the most of the sponsorship by being seen by everyone at the event, not just the person who wins your item if it's a giveaway. The same applies when you have sponsorships that just include your logo on a long list of other brand sponsors on a website, and that's pretty much the only exposure you get. So I'm going to ask you guys, how many times have you gone to an event page, scrolled through the hundreds of silver, bronze, gold sponsors, and actually clicked through one of them and thought, what are they offering me? Do I want to connect with them? Most people never do that. You look on the page for the information you need about the event and you just scroll past all those sponsors. There's very little ROI in my opinion if you're looking for relationship marketing or connecting and educating. The best sponsor options are ways where you are getting set apart. You have an exclusive sponsorship. You're not in a sea of 40 other sponsors. Maybe you have an opportunity to talk to the audience or you are able in some way to share something that's in your expertise or a way to educate or connect with them. Most of you rely on referrals, relationships, and that's how you get a lot of your clients. So if you're going to spend your money on a sponsorship, Make sure that it's one that lends itself to that and gives you those opportunities. If you can find one where you are the exclusive sponsor of a certain part of the event. For example, we have a coffee sponsor. We don't just call it that, oh, you're this person sponsoring the coffee. We give them a shout out at the beginning of the event from the stage. We also give them great visibility on the coffee table where everybody goes at a women's event. We're all at the coffee table. They have the opportunity to give out branded mugs at that table. So people are walking around with their branded mug. They are taking that mug home with them. They will see your brand at home. It has a ton of ROI because it is an exclusive sponsorship. The majority of our sponsorships at our conference, I try to do exclusive sponsorships because I feel like they give you the best ROI. So look for those when you are out looking for sponsor opportunities. And side note, we do have, I think, two sponsorships left for this year's conference. So if you're interested, let me know and we can see what's still available. Okay, number four. Sorry, going off on a lot of tangents here because I keep thinking of other things that I don't have in my notes. All right, number four is what is your call to action? You don't want to overwhelm them. You only have a little snippet of visibility time with each person at the event, so you want to make it really clear what you want these people to do. Pick one call to action, maybe make it a QR code, make it easy, don't have some enormously long link that's in print that they have to type into their phone. Keep it simple and try to have a very clear call to action and then prepare for where you're sending them. 
This leads us to our number five, which is how are you going to follow up or how are you going to educate and engage people when they get to the place you're sending them to? So if you are sending them to your Instagram account where we want more followers, then have a recent post that is introducing yourself. Have a recent post that's another call to action about a great download that you have or an event coming up. Plan ahead wherever you're sending them. Make sure that's optimized and makes sense. When I do speaking events, often I'll have a specific landing page that I am sending the audience to because of something that I talked about in my speech. So it's a very aligned experience for them. Sending people to your homepage, unless you have a really amazing website, and a lot of you I know that's on your to-do list, so I know where we're all at, no judgment. Send them to somewhere that is going to get a conversion or is going to get them to follow up with your call to action. If you are at the event to get the most out of your sponsorship, please follow up with people in a genuine and authentic way, furthering your connection with them. Follow them on LinkedIn, people that you met at the event. Find ways to build that relationship without putting them on your newsletter list. Please don't do that, you guys, especially if you're a sponsor. Please don't do that. So quick recap is, number one, make sure that this audience is a good fit for you, that your target audience is either sitting in the seats or behind the screen seeing your online sponsorship. Number two, set a goal for this sponsorship. What do you want the outcome to be for the money you are investing in this sponsorship? Get very specific. After you set your goal, make sure that you have a call to action that will help people to do what you're hoping to do so that you can achieve that goal. And lastly, prepare for the follow-up or prepare that platform that you're sending them to or have an email ready so that when someone does sign up on your email list, they get an automatic email back, welcome, or whatever you're promising them, you are delivering in a timely manner. So those are your five. If you ever want to work through these one-on-one, I'd highly recommend a coaching session. That's a great place to really talk through the strategy and get a second opinion on if this is worth your money or not, and also to come up with a strategy. Hop in the link in the show notes to get the PDF download of these five questions and also to set up a discovery call if you want to talk through what it would look like to work one-on-one together. All right, everybody, go get back to work. <music>